Good morning and welcome. I'm glad to see you here. A couple announcements. The kids, regular Sunday night programs of handbells, choir, mission kids, and Bible study will meet tonight. Next week, we have the Make a Swish basketball fundraiser that the mission kids will be part of on, at 4 p.m. in the Family Life Center. And remember that coming up um, on the first Wednesday, February 6th, is our monthly uh, fellowship meal. I hope you'll come and be, par and be part of that. There was a rose placed on the altar at the 9 o'clock service for, for Katie's little boy, Duncan Jeter. I want you to be aware of that. Um, let's see. That's it. Okay. Now, today is the day that we are celebrating Scout Sunday, and we have our, a bunch of scouts with us. First of all, I want all you scouts to come up here or stand up where people can see you. Let's do try that the way. Stand up so everybody can see you. Stay standing up. Stay stood up. <laughs> standing up. Stay standing up, okay? And uh, then we have any leaders here led with these scouts. You stand up if you haven't already. All right. First, let's give them applause, but don't y'all stay standing up. Now, I was a Boy Scout and made it to uh, Star, which is what I've always been, a star. And <laughs> I couldn't resist it. Are there other scouts in our audience today? If you'll stand up, if you was ever a scout or a scout leader, stand up. Come on, don't be bashful. All right, look at this. Look at this. This is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Do you know that the scouting program across this country more scout troops are associated with the United Methodist Church than any other denomination. And that's something I think we can be proud of. And I'm very proud of these that are participating currently now. And one of you leaders want to just uh, say something? Do you want to say anything at all about scout? Or when is it? When do y'all meet? And I can just repeat it. Wednesdays? At when? Every other Wednesday at what time? Six o'clock. Where? Here. So if you want to, if you want to be involved in it, just I'm sure they're welcome. You'd welcome volunteers and more scouts, right? Okay. Thank you so much. We're going to talk about more scouts in a minute. After we get started, we're going to talk some more about the scouting, scouts in general, when we begin our service together. So let us begin our service together.
be with you. Let us pray together. O Lord our God, we ask that you would bless us so we may bless others. We ask that you expand our territory so we may be kingdom builders. We pray that your hand would be with us so that our hands could be a help to others. And we ask that you would keep us from evil so that we would not cause pain to anyone. We pray in your name. Amen. join together in our affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, 
maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. seated. Let our children come forward for our children's time. And as our children are coming forward, there's one other announcement I needed to make was that the next Sunday is your first opportunity for communion this year. It'll be held at the nine o'clock service. Oh, good morning. I was panicking when I saw these children coming in. I said, oh, no, I don't have enough. I don't have enough with all the brownies and Girl Scouts coming in and Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts. So I think we're going to be okay. Now I need to ask you a question. What is a promise? Yes. That's exactly right. Something that you keep and never break. Well, my talk to you this morning is about promises. Do you think it's important to keep a promise? Yes. And God thought it was important to keep a promise too. And he told us that in the Bible. There's several verses in the Bible where he said to keep promises and he was keeping his promise. And one today that I wanted to read, it's just a short one and it it had to do when um, Jesus went into the synagogue or their church in Nazareth where he was raised and um, lived a part of his life. And he stood and read from um, the scroll of Isaiah. And after he had finished, he said, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And what he was telling them was the whole passage that he read was about how God had made a promise to the people of the earth. And he promised us that he would send a Savior, didn't he? And did he send a Savior? Who was that? Jesus. He did. He, he fulfilled his promise. He sent Jesus to die for our sins. And so he's, he always fulfilled his promises, and that's what he expects of us. He wants us to fulfill our promises to each other, to our families, and to our friends. And so today, I want you to think about promises you made. And it's so funny that you Girl Scouts and Brownies are here because when I started thinking about promises, 
long, long time ago, I was a brownie and a Girl Scout. And see if this is still the pledge. See if I remember. On my honor, I promise to do my best to God and my country. Is that it? Well, that's what it used to be. That's how we used to start. That was our pledge. And it was a promise in there, a promise to do our best. And I just thought that was funny this morning when all you came in and when I was doing my lesson, I thought about that promise in that uh, being young and it stayed with me my whole life to always do your best to God in your country and to help others and to obey the Girl Scout laws. That was the end of it. But today I have something for you to do that has to do with promises. And I've got, I don't know if you know it, but I'm a, I like chocolate a lot. And there is a kind of candy and they're called promises. And inside each, as you unwrap them, there's a little promise inside and it tells you to, you know, to love others or those kind of things. And they're called promises. And I have each of you a bag with some promises in it. But, and there's enough in there. I have two promises for you and then three promises that I want you to do something with. And I gave you three sheets of paper and I wrote on one of them, I promise, so you would know how to spell it. And you have to make a promise to three different people, like I promise to make my bed without fussing. Oh, <laughs> I promise to take out the trash. Or I promise not to argue with my brother and sister for a whole day. You can't do that one. Well, try to think of ones that you can do. And I want you to write it out. Make your promise, and then you have to wrap that promise around one of the chocolates, and you have to give it to somebody. So see, you give one to three people, but you get two for yourself, okay? Can you do that? And try to keep your promise to others, or promises to others, as God kept his promise to us by sending Jesus to die for our sins, okay? But you have to make one promise to me. Say, I promise not to eat all the chocolates in that bag. Because uh, <laughs> there's three for others and two for you. Okay? Okay. Pray after me. Dear God, thank you for your promise of Jesus Christ. And please let us keep our promises to others. Amen. first reading this morning is from Luke 4, verses 18 and 19. But I think we should note, to preface this scripture, that Jesus has left Galilee and, and is now in Nazareth, in the synagogue. 
and he stands up to read and he's handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he quotes, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to, procl to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God.
Let us bow our heads in prayer. O God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. O God, you are the creator of all, and everything you create makes good evidence of you. And we are part of that creation, and the faithful come this day to offer our praises and thanksgiving and to humbly come before you with our petitions. But we must confess, O God, that even though your law is perfect and in it is life, we often choose the ways that lead us away from you and toward death. Even though your commandments are clear, time after time, we do not listen and we go about as if we are blind. Save us, O God, from our sins. And in your mercy, Count us as blameless so that our actions would be acceptable to you, for you indeed are our rock and redeemer. By the gift of the Holy Spirit, uh, help us to serve you and proclaim your good favor. We have named this day in our bulletin many who need prayer, and there are others who need prayer that we name now in the silence of our hearts. We pray, O oh God, for each and every one. And we pray, O oh God, for uh, mercy. We pray for binding up of the brokenhearted. We pray rest for the dying. We ask peace for those who mourn. And Lord, we pray for each and every one this day that you know what's best. Help us to accept your good and perfect will. And we pray this day, O oh Lord, and ask a special blessing upon all those who participate in the scouting programs of our church and other churches. And we pray for their leaders. We uphold them to you, O oh God. And we pray and, and hope that their lives will be examples to others as they uh, appreciate your good creation and love you and our country. We pray this day and we know that all your promises will be fulfilled in our hearing. And we offer these things to you, O God, in the name of the one who came for us, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We United Methodists believe that giving is part of worship, so let us continue worship with our giving as our ushers come forward.
ça. Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens He has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from His pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run His course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. O Lord, your creation shouts forth the works of your hands. Help us this day to see and observe and to know how that can refresh us in our spirit. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. As I said earlier, this is the Sunday we've decided to, to uh, celebrate the Scouts. It's uh, celebrated sometimes in February. This date just worked out better for us as we were planning uh, this year. Uh, also around this time, though, there's two other big events that are coming right up on us really fast. Anybody know what one of them is? Groundhog Day. <laughs> I know that wasn't when you think about it. Groundhog Day is a big holiday. And then Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, you had that one. Well, I've always been intrigued by Groundhog's Day, and uh, I've always wondered why do groundhogs wake up each year in early February and someone takes their picture. I've always thought that was fascinating. And so um, uh, I looked up and found that at Penn State, believe it or not, they actually did research on this very subject. They spent a lot of money and time. And they found out that groundhogs emerge from their dens in February, not to see how much more winter awaits, but in order to find a friend. The report is that boy groundhogs and girl groundhogs are not too much interested in one another for most of the year. But after a long winter's hibernation, well, perhaps that's why Valentine's Day follows so soon after. You see, it's probably, Valentine's Day was probably created for Puxatawney Phil as he was looking for Puxatawney Phyllis. And I think it must be providential that Groundhog Day, Valentine's Day, and Scout Sunday all fall around the same time. After all, there's no organization like Scouts that I can think of that better encourages an appreciation of the natural world. 
And it is one of the few organizations left in our country today that encourages the love of God and country to young people in our society. So as we gather for worship, we hear from Psalm 19 that nature does indeed introduce us to God. Nature indeed speaks and declares about the works of God that everyone can see and hear and understand. And that is important for us to know and to remember this day. How many of you are Shakespeare scholars? Are there any Shakespeare scholars out here? You, if you are, you may have figured out that the source of my sermon title, uh, it comes from, as you like it, when the banished duke seeks to reassure his companions and he says, and this our life, exempt from public haunts, finds tongues in trees, books in running brooks, sermons in stones, and good in everything. Sermons in stones, tongues in trees, books in brooks. What a wonderful story of God's creation. Yes, you can find sermons in all those places, towering trees or, or flagrant flowers or starry nights. And it brought me to a quote by an author named Joyce Rupp who I thought really described this in a wonderful way. Let me just share it with you. And she says, One winter morning, I woke to see, I wake to see the magnificent lines of frost stretching across my window panes. And they seem to rise with the sunshine and the bitter cold outside. And they look to me like little miracles that had been formed in the dark of the night. And I looked at them in amazement and I marveled that such beautiful forms could be born during the winter cold night. And yet as I pondered them, I thought of how this is like life. Life is so like this. We live long, worn days in the shadows and what often feels like barren cold winter, unaware of the miracles that are being created in our spirits. And it takes a, an unexpected surprise of life like the sudden daylight that dawns to cause our gaze to look upon a simple, stunning growth that has happened quietly inside us. Like frost designs on a winter window, they bring us beyond life's fragmentation and remind us that we're not nearly as lost as we thought we were. That all the time we thought that we were dead inside, Beautiful things were being born in us, end of quote. Isn't that a beautiful way of describing uh, uh, ice on a windowpane? Sermons in stones, sermons in flowers, sermons on windowpanes, uh, sermons in every place you can imagine. Yesterday, I, we traveled over to uh, Rock Hill to, to participate in our youngest grandson's fourth birthday. Now, I will tell you that that was one wild birthday party. Because when you put a collection of other four-year-old friends and two-year-old friends and six-year-olds and eight-year-olds and all the different families and grandparents, and it just so happens that one of uh, their close friends 
uh, lives came that, that lives there pretty close and so they brought their dog so along with their dog and and my little grandson's dog running around barking and biting at everybody and the screaming of the kids and the wrestling that was going on I will have to tell you I saw lots of sermons there <laughs> you know a wise preacher once suggested that you should look at for sermons in the lilies of the field he said, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Will he not much more clothe you? Sermons in stone, sermons in lilies of the field, sermons in windowpane, sermons in four-year-olds, antics, sermons in yapping dogs. Sermons are to be found everywhere. And I believe that when we really stop and think about it and back up and look at it, you know what word describes it best? It's a word all you probably have heard or said, awesome, awesome, awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. One lovely night, a young girl and her grandmother went for a walk, and the sky was magnificent. And the grandmother was t t teaching about the constellations and the stars, when all of a sudden the granddaughter interrupted her and said, Grandma, if the bottom side of heaven is this beautiful, just think how wonderful the other side must be. Awesome. 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 George Washington Carver, who was a scientist, was asked in his last days near the end of his life, what was the most indispensable thing that science should remember as they continue into the future? Now listen to what he said. The capacity for all. The capacity to explore and to see things, all inspiring things, to let that be the guide of how we look at things, the capacity for all. You see, all is really what opens our finite minds to the infinite intelligence of God. All is what connects our limited hearts to the limitless love of God. It is all that helps us see God's glory in the sea, in the land, in the moon, in the sun, in the stars, in the lilies, in all these places. The natural world helps us to encounter God. But if you are listening closely to the psalmist, he starts off saying here is where you can encounter God and then he switches up and goes, and here's another place you can encounter God. He says the law of the Lord is perfect. It revives the soul. The statues are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. You see, what he's telling us is, yes, God is revealed to us in the glories of nature, but God is also revealed to us in a specific way in the revelation of his word as found in the Bible. And that is why we gather for worship. We gather for worship. We come out of the created world and we come into something of our own creation, a building. But we come in here for a purpose. 
You see, we get a glimpse of God out into the world, but we come in here to hear the rest of the story as given to us in God's revealed Word, the Bible. And my question to you is this, if you've ever, or, or my statement to you is this, if, if your religion or your worship ever becomes routine, if it ever becomes commonplace, or if it ever becomes blah to you, then I think you need to take a lesson from the psalmist to go out and explore the natural world. Take a lesson from scouts. Go out and cultivate again your capacity for awe. You see, your ancestors in faith, mostly in here, were from the rolling hills of England and the mountains of Scotland. A place where creation screams of God's presence. And if you go outside of this building into the world of the creation, you will be, it'll be like a homecoming. Now, I'm not saying go out of here and go into another building. I'm not saying to go out of here and go play golf, even though that gets you out in creation. I once had a golfer who tried to tell me that he got as much religion on a golf course as he got in the sanctuary. And I politely said, well, is that religion when y'all are cursing about the way the ball went off the ground? <laughs> where it went into the sand trap? I've been with some of you guys. <laughs> Don't believe we were worshiping at that point in time. The thing is, you can worship in the created order. It's important to go and be in the created order. To get out into, a, into the forest and the trees and to, into the mountaintops and the beach. You cannot stand and look at the ocean without getting a sense of awe. You see, it's important for you to understand that your religion is based upon a tradition that emphasize the goodness of creation and the gracious goodness of God, which can be seen both in the natural world and in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Scottish theologian George MacDonald reminds us that we should not look only to the Scriptures or only to the church or only to creation, but we are to look at them all as a whole picture of God. As a whole picture of God. It's important. It's important for us to worship here and to worship there. It's important for us to see the characteristics and handiwork of God in both places. There's a story told, and I want to end with this, about a, a child of a rabbi who would often go wandering into the woods now, at first, his father let him wander, but over time, he became, became concerned. The woods were dangerous. And like any father, we began to worry. He began to worry. The father did not know what lurked there, he thought. And he decided to discuss the matter with his child. And one day, he took his boy aside and he said, You know, I've noticed that each day you walk in the woods. But I wonder, why do you go there? And the boy said to his father, almost without pause, Father, I go there to find God. Well, now the father was taken aback by that. And he thought about it. He thought, I need to make sure I answer this right because that's a wonderful and noble and good thing. And so he said that to him. 
He said, that's a very good thing. And I'm glad you're searching for God. But my child, don't you know that God is the same everywhere? And this is the whole point. This is the whole point. And the boy said, yes, I know that God is the same everywhere, but I'm not. But I'm not. Think about that. Think about that when you justify in your mind you should be one place or the other. Yes, God is everywhere, but you're not always the same, are you? You need sermons and stones and window panes and lilies in the field, and you also need stones, sermons in, of stone and stone buildings and stained glass windows and the revealed Word of God. This is a whole picture of worship. This is a whole picture of our awesome God. And if you need a guide, I give you a good guide, and that's usually any scout I've ever met would be a good guide. Amen.
receive now the blessings of God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Almighty, Eternal, Triune God, one God now and forevermore. Amen.